0: Welcome to Ella Go. My name is Lisa, and this is not just a podcast about running. This is a podcast to empower women through fitness and health and everything in between. Because let's be honest, ladies, this journey could suck if we don't get our shit together. All right, well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, Today's guest is Brandon Eastman. So we're continuing on this uh, men series, as many of you men requested for me to do more episodes. And, you know, we're kind of not just talking about relationships, but you know, we're talking about everything that impacts you, men, you species. So, with that being said, uh, Brandon, I'm going to read a little bit about you. Brandon helps performance driven leaders break through their limitations to perform at their peak and achieve their biggest goals. He's on a mission to make a one percent difference in the world by empowering leaders to uncover their gifts and abilities and use them positively impact others. Welcome, Brandon.
1: Thanks so much, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I'm happy to have you here. So as I was reading your bio, and I told you prior to us recording that I didn't read too much about you because I really want to organically get to know you through this interview, but before we get into it, introduce yourself and tell us what exactly you do with reading that bio. What do you do?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm from from Glens Falls, New York, which, as you know, is a small little town and uh, it's in upstate New York. And I you know, grew up wanting to be a lawyer, actually. And I grew up with a very interesting childhood. I had everything that I wanted, but I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do after traditional education. Right. So to answer your question in a very short way, growing up in the world of sales, I learned that I love to help other people to live a better life. And that started with helping people to sell. But really what I found is to help people to sell, which everyone's selling, by the way, every single person listening is a salesperson of some sort. To help people sell, I found that helping people to improve their life was the ultimate way to do that. Because as you talk about all the time, when you are fit, when you're feeling good, then everything else just seems to fall into place. So to tell you about me, my mission, like you just read, is to help as many people, mostly people in the corporate world, I call them corporate athletes, to up their performance so that they can lead other people, but also so they can lead themselves.
0: So when you're... Telling me all that, there's always a reason why we are where we are at and what we do. So, with that being said, would you say that there was there were any experiences as a child or even as an adult that influenced you to be where you are or what you're doing right now?
1: There's a lot of things. So, the question <laughs> is, where do we begin?
0: <laughs> pick the, pick top two. <laughs> the okay, biggest so- one.
1: So for me, and this goes along with probably what a lot of people are listening for when it comes to health, when it comes to fitness, right? So I grew up always struggling with my weight. I grew up as a young kid. The the last time I remember being skinny or thin was when I was like six years old, right? All the way up until I was about 21, 22 years old. And I always struggled because, you know, it was accessible. Food was around me all the time. I drank tons of milk. I had tons of McDonald's. I ate all the snacks around the house. My mom bought me any kind of food object that I wanted because she loved me, right? She took care of me. I had a great childhood there. But no one ever taught me about health, right? And no one, even health class, didn't really teach us about health, right? They had to run the mile, but they didn't say, hey, this is the reason why you're running the mile today. So I grew up very insecure with very... Negative self image. And obviously, I didn't know these things at this time, right? But the time came where I was a teenager. And I think I mentioned this on our show. I wanted to attract somebody into my life, right? I wanted to be able to attract anybody because I was the guy who no girls were coming over to me, right? And when I'd go up to them, it was like, boom, rejection. So I was like, what is going on here? And I didn't realize there's tons of factors at play. But the one thing that really influenced who I am today has been my health, has been my fitness because. Transforming my health and fitness has completely changed my life in practically every area. It's helped me professionally, it's helped me personally. And it wasn't until I got into sales and realized that my health was negatively affecting my performance where I said to myself, now my health is holding me back from things professionally, not just personally. And I don't want to, you know, go too much into this because I'm sure you have questions, but I found a mentor who I wanted to move up into leadership at some point with the company. And this was the real catalyst of change for me. I wanted to move up into leadership. And I asked my leader at the time how I can do that. His name is Keith. And he's like, well, there's no way you're going to be doing it anytime soon. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, Brandon, you know how to sell. Like, you're very good. You take great care of your customers and your people. He's like, but no one's going to follow you. And I said, well, why not? And he's like, well, Brandon, you can't even take care of yourself. How are other people going to expect you to take care and help them? And it was very difficult to hear that. And after hearing that, I had to make some decisions, which this is where my whole framework of the five Ps began, where I had to create a plan of what I wanted, right? And that plan led me to all the other areas of life, whether it was fitness, finances. I had to, at 21 years old, Lisa, completely transform everything about my life because I realized what I was doing up until that point wasn't getting me where I wanted to be.
0: Wow, that's pretty profound. And I can totally resonate with that. But here's the thing, you know, your mentor, which which is a great thing that you had an opportunity to have a mentor. And on top of that, he was really brutally honest, <laughs> you know, yes. and uh, which is sometimes a good thing. And the thing is this, Brandon, we we're told these things that we don't want to hear and yet nothing. Nothing. So for you, even though he told you this, like, did you automatically have a aha? now I know what I need to do? Or did you have to sit in it for a while and kind of, you know, see where you were and what he was saying? I mean, did you even get angry that he said that? And, And what got you to the point where you made that switch? Because going back at what I just said, so many people are told that. And they say, nah, "No, that's not that's not true. That's not true." Not you know, and then they still live the life that they think is best for them, and it's not. So, yes. tell us a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. And to answer your question, I was about to leave the company at that point. He told me that he told me you're not going to move up until you take care of yourself. And I thought it was the most ridiculous answer I could have ever heard. I I didn't even know what it meant. I was like, what do you mean? Like I I'm doing, I'm performing the job duties. You're telling me that I have to work on my fitness and work on myself. If I want to move up into the company. And I was very angry. I was, I was pissed off, very pissed off. And, uh, Yeah, I started looking at Indeed.com and I went on Craigslist and I'm looking at all these other sales jobs because those in sales know that if you can sell somewhere, you can sell anywhere. And I immediately went to the mentality of, if I'm not going to succeed here, if I'm not going to be given a shot here, then I'm going to look at somewhere else. And I started with this company when I was 18 years old, an incredible opportunity, by the way. And I love sales in general because you get out what you put into it, right? It's not salary. It's not hourly. If If you are a high performer, you can earn in... A couple hours, would it take some people eight hours, 16 hours to earn? So I started looking at different companies and they got wind. My, my leaders got wind that I was about to leave. And they said, Brandon, come sit down with us. So I did. And I went and sat down with them and they said, Brandon, you've got a wedding coming up in a year, right? You're performing very well. You're making six figures here. You're about to leave to go to a job, the competitor of the company I was working for. You're about to leave and go to a job where you're going to cut your income in half while you're preparing for a wedding. Brandon, you can turn this thing around if you're willing to put the work in. And again, I I wasn't clear of what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, well, thanks for sitting down with me. A lot of leaders and managers wouldn't even do that, right? Mm -hmm. They would just say, okay, see you later. Do your thing. But mm-hmm. they sat with me and I said to myself, there's got to be a reason they did that. And my leader called me on my drive home, Keith. And he's like, hey, man, I'm saying this to you man to man, right? Not around a table of all the other leaders in the in the company. You're making a big mistake by leaving. He's like, if you really want to make a change, if you really want to transform yourself and also lead this team, then let me help you. He's like, meet me at the gym three days a week, starting next week. I swear this is how it happened. It was I was like, okay, so now you're telling me I need to work on my health. Now you're telling me that that's holding me back from leadership. And now you're telling me to come to the gym with you. And I did it. I did it. And fitness was the first area that I worked on. And let me tell you, the first time I went to the gym, the reason why I didn't go to the gym in the first place was because I was afraid of being judged at the gym. I was afraid of walking in, being around all these fit people. I still get insecure at times going into the gym and there's these fit people around, but I'm more inspired now than intimidated by those people. And now I've learned to be curious and be like, well, how how did you get yourself to look like this? Right. And uh, it's actually caused me to meet some cool people. But after the first time going to the gym, my life changed in that moment. After I left and I was sweaty and I felt like I was going to throw up and at four times in the workout, I felt like I was going to pass out. I said, wow, I actually feel very different than I've ever felt. And I think that was the beginning of this journey down my own path to what I call self-mastery.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. So as people are listening, and even I'm listening, I mean, you're saying that I'm I'm assuming that you weren't the the best uh, you know. In your best fitness form, (laughs) what what did that look like? Because people are going to wonder, like, what is he talking about? Is he talking about like ten pounds overweight? I mean, Mm -hmm. what what did that look like?
1: I'm talking about 260 pounds to give you a reference. I'm 195 pounds right now, and when I first started working out with him, after six months, I actually went down to 185 pounds. I really went hard at this thing, and let me tell you, it wasn't. There was two components to this. It was the fitness. And it was also, he gave me a book. I didn't read at this point. Like If you handed me a book, I'd be like, I don't need to read. I stopped reading in high school. But he handed me a book and he's like, listen, just read this book before we start working out. It's a very quick read. He's like, this book helps me to change my entire life. And just so you guys have reference, Keith, the person I'm talking about, and I talk about him all the time, he's probably sick of it at this point. But he he is a power lifter now. He's number one in the world in his weight class at bench lifting. like He's like a celebrity lifter. He is going towards his goal right now of bench pressing a 1,000 pounds. He just hit, I believe, 950 pounds. He's 220 pounds. And he is just an incredible example of what the human body can do. At this time, he wasn't that person yet. He was fit. But I just want to give everyone reference of who this is. He gave me the book by Rhonda Byrne, Called The Secret. And I know there's a lot of controversy around there about the secret. And I share in some of it, but the secret really helped me to change my life for one main reason. It the premise of the book, for those who don't know, is thoughts become things, right? What you think about, what you focus on, you will gravitate and make progress towards. And before that point, I didn't have a plan for my life. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I realized by reading this book. Well, I don't even know what I want. So if I actually decide on what I want to do, maybe I'll feel better about my life. Because at this time, like I just mentioned, I was 260 pounds. I was overweight. I was buying new suits like every three to four months because the old ones started to get tight. I had coworkers taking pictures of me behind my back. This is a true story. I'm friends with the person now. I'm glad they did this. This was another uh turning point, took a picture of me behind my back. And they weren't like trying to just point out that I was fat, but I wasn't wearing my suit jacket. So I was just wearing my dress shirt and my dress pants. And like I had the world's most severe muffin top in this picture. I was leaning over and it was like this tire around my waist. And I saw the picture in our group chat because they posted it and they're like, oh, Brandon's helping this customer. But we all know the real reason why they posted it. right? And I saw it and I was like, oh my God, because you don't see yourself from the back. So when I did, I was like, severely depressed to the point where i didn't even want to leave my apartment because i didn't want people to see me i didn't want to go out in public i was embarrassed to talk to people because i was embarrassed about myself so that's who i was at that point if that gives you a better better reference
0: okay yeah that does <laughs> <laughs> cuz you're talking about like losing weight and all that and you know people are automatically even myself are like well how much is he talking about but mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference So if if this person, this mentor that you had just because I feel like like you just said, there's two there's two aspects to this. It was, you know, getting you to go to the gym because he actually got you to feel that Mm. that feeling, because if you didn't have that feeling of, wow, I feel good about myself or had the taste of it. I don't know if there would have been this huge transformation. So yeah. he got you to feel. And then the other part was, you know, reading that book where you are on um, the driver's seat of your destiny, of your future. You have that power. So with that being said, do you think that in regards to, you know, with fitness and we're kind of like going into that that realm here with fitness, um, if he had just said to you, I'm going to take you to the gym. We're going to be lifting some weights. Here's a training program. And, you know, uh, you know, I want you to follow it through, you know, just looking back on who you were back then. Do you think that you would have uh, followed through on it? Would you have actually followed it? And if you did follow it, do you think that you would, like I said, had this huge transformation?
1: The only reason I even went in the first place was it wasn't even going because of my health. Like that was like a byproduct. I was going because he told me, if you want this thing, then you must do this. And he's like, just trust in the process. Take care of you. Once you're taking care of you, we'll talk about leadership. And I said, okay. So I had a very strong reason why, a reason that's probably different than a lot of people. Like In high school, my reason for losing weight, because I did lose a lot of weight in high school just to gain it all back when I got into sales. And I did it through different ways. I did it through thermogenics. I did it through severely under eating. I did it through getting very unhealthy thin. And my reason back then was I wanted to find a girlfriend. I wanted to look good for other people. The reason wasn't for me. It was for other people, which was my first mistake. This time around was my reason was for me. I wanted to grow. I wanted to have a purpose, keyword purpose for what it is that I was doing. So if he just gave me a plan and even just said, hey, do you want to come to the gym with me? I would have been like, no, man, I don't really have the time to do that. Right. Just like a lot of people say, oh, I don't have the time for that. But then they go home and they watch four episodes of Netflix Or they start scrolling through social media and 45 minutes has gone by. Or they wake up at 9 a.m. when they could have gotten up like you this morning at 4.35 a.m., right? So you do the things you don't want to do in order to get to the place that you want to get to. And for me, that was moving up in this company and having a plan. And after I started to start working out with him... I think this is important because the gym was very intimidating to me and fitness was intimidating because we think it's going to take forever to get that result, to look in the mirror and see a physical difference, which it does take some time, right? I just started the 75 hard challenge again, and it took me 30 days to see a difference in myself physically. And I only saw that physical difference when someone told me, my coach, he says, oh, wow, Brandon, look at your shoulders. Your shoulders are looking a lot more slender. I can see the change in your face. I can tell the difference in the brightness of your face. And I was like, really? Are you just saying that? Because he's a nice, kind person, right? And he's like, no, Brandon, like, really? And I looked in the mirror the day afterwards, and I was like, okay, I'm actually starting to see physical progress now. But back then, when I started going to the gym with Keith... I didn't see physical progress for a while because when you're a bigger person, right, your body is changing, but you go from being very fat to just a little fat, right? And just using very plain terms here because that's who I was at that point. And what I noticed immediately though was I felt better immediately. Immediately when I would go to my shift that day in the store when I was in sales full time. I immediately talked to people in a different way. My body language was different because I was more confident in my skin. My clothes fit the same, but I smiled more. I had more of a radiance about me. My entire vibration and my entire energy changed once I started going to the gym in that very first week. So while you don't see immediate physical progress, you will feel immediate emotional progress.
0: Okay, I was just going to ask you that because this is where it gets controversial or people get pissed (laughs) off. People get pissed off at me because here's the thing, even though you're saying, well, let me take a step back when you were saying that you felt good at Mm -hmm. that moment. Were you feeling good because you were looking good or was there something else happening? You kind of alluded to to this, to the answer Mm -hmm. to this, but let's go a little deeper with this. What was it?
1: I didn't look any different whatsoever. Right. I felt better because I knew I was finally doing something about my health. I was finally doing something about my fitness. I created a plan. I said, I want to weigh 190 pounds because that's roughly what I weighed in high school. So that's, that was my number. I didn't really have a solid foundation, but it didn't matter. I had a goal. I had a milestone I wanted to work towards. And, As soon as I started to do and to take action, this is where the secret goes off in the wrong direction. In my opinion, it talks about know what you want, right? I wanted to weigh 190 pounds. But the one thing the secret doesn't really talk about is you have to actually try things and you have to do things. You can't just think about it. You have to actually get a strategy, even if it's not the best strategy, and start taking action. And for years and years, I was the person who said, I don't have time for the gym. I don't need the gym. I don't need to work out. When I lost weight originally, I actually bragged and took pride in the fact that I didn't go to the gym and work out. And I even said, yeah, I don't need to work out to lose weight. And it was the most ridiculous thing, right? It's not about just working out to lose weight. It's about working out to be healthy and to live a long time. And that's how I treat fitness to this day. I'm not running ultra marathons, but I do intentionally move my body every single day. One, because I never want to go back to who I was at 260 pounds. Never, ever, ever. I just posted a picture on my social medias recently of me at Family Pictures when I was 260 pounds, and then a a now picture of me. And it is like I was a balding kid with no beard, just a baby face, completely balding. By the age of 18, I was starting to bald already. And I looked at myself back at those times and I was like, so disgusted with me. But now I take care of myself and focus on myself because like I mentioned, the way that it makes me feel, but also because I'm doing things and making progress. I think that this is where a lot of people get derailed, especially with a lot of people I work with. They say, Brandon, I haven't gotten my result yet. It hasn't worked for me yet. I haven't seen the physical progress. I haven't seen the immediate monetary gains in my business. And I say, well, what did you do today? What did you do yesterday? What did you do this week? What were some of the needle movers for you and your business? And they name off like these five to 10 things that are significant wins. And I say, you're not going to see immediate progress. It's about the small things that you do every day, that makes a difference. It's about celebrating your small wins that makes a difference because it's not achieving the goal. And this is the last thing I'll say to this question. It's not achieving the goal that's going to make you happy. I used to think it was not the case because I would achieve it and then I would create another goal. Right? It was making progress towards that goal that ultimately is what had, what had made me happy then and what continues to make me happy now.
0: OK, so, Brennan, that's a huge mind shift. See, that was that's a mind shift. Big one. OK, you it's like the end goal to the embracing the journey that that's those are two separate things. How did you do that, though? Because that's ingrained in our head since the day we came out to this world that there was end goals. And then we reached them, just like you said, that you came up with another goal. And it's like, OK, you know, and then you're just constantly going, 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 Where, as you said, you know, it's the you had that shift where it's like, this is the process. I'm embracing it. And, oh, I'm going to make these uh, celebrations of these, you know, these little victories as I go through life. Mm. But but how did you do that? Because that's the problem. How did you do that?
1: Sure. I think it's really important to say though, too, that it wasn't an intellectual thing at that point of understanding that I made that mind shift. I wasn't saying back then, oh, I I feel good because I'm making progress. I didn't even know what that meant. I was Mm -hmm. still thinking of the end goal. And that did push me through for a long time. Right, So I didn't know that intellectually. And by the way, I hated the process. I hated the journey. I liked how I felt after I went to the gym with him and even started running with him. That's at the point when I did run. I got the thinnest I ever was when I ran, actually. And uh, it was because I had him. And I think that was the biggest thing. It was because I had the mentor in my life, the teacher who helped hold me accountable to those fitness wins that I wanted. Because I'll tell you, if I didn't have him and he just gave me a sheet of paper at the beginning, not now necessarily, but at the beginning, I would probably not have gone. And then the act of not have going, the act of not going to the gym would have then caused me to feel even worse about myself. And I, I think at that point I hadn't had the ingrained habits of going. So I hated the process. The only reason I continued to go was because I had someone in my corner who was rooting for me. And some people listening might say, Oh, Brandon, you know, you just were so lucky to have someone you worked with who was able to take you under their wing. And you know, I will say that, yes, I was, I'm, I was very lucky to have had him. I will say this at the same time. I only believe that he appeared in my life the way he did was because I was finally ready to change something. I was so disgusted with myself and I was ready. And you've probably heard the quote, when you are ready, the, the teacher appears. I think it's when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And that's just what happened to me. But let me tell you what else happened. Along that fitness journey, I started to find other mentors that weren't in person to me. And this is the second major catalyst of my life, is when I discovered the world of personal development. And I started to listen to other mentors who were virtual mentors, people like Jim Rohn, people like Tony Robbins, people like Mel Robbins and Eric Thomas, and all these different people in the space. And I started to really dive into that world. It came to the point where every single day before work, I would listen to a Tony Robbins tape. And I've never heard someone talk these in this way before, right? He talked about improving your life. He talked about feeling good. He talked about state management. He talked about influence, all these things. And I was like, I was never taught any of these things in school. I was never taught to sit down and write down my goals. I was never taught these things. So at the same time of going to the gym with this one mentor, I was also listening and digesting all this information and how to from all of these other mentors. So to answer your question, the how was it's you can't do it alone. I really don't believe you can. Some people say you got to be self-motivated. Sure. I think all motivation is (laughs) self-motivation. But. You you truly have to find people who are either on the same journey as you, who can help hold you accountable, or you you have to look for a mentor. And that can be physically, which is more difficult, but you can find them. You'll find what you look for. Or it can be virtually. You can join like a virtual group or virtual mastermind and get a virtual coach or listen to the thousands of free videos on YouTube that are literally teaching you everything that you want to know. You just have to type it into the search bar.
0: Yeah, that okay. So you said a lot of great things. Um <laughs> don't let it get it to get to your head here. Um, but you know, the thing I love about Tony Robbins and a lot of the other names that you mentioned is that they talk about personal development and about empowering yourself. But I'll never forget when Tony Robbins was talking about being fit. And I remember thinking, why is he even talking about that? Like, what does that have to do with personal development? I mean, I'm here to talk about what I need to do to. Fix my life emotionally. Mm. And it is it's a combination, you know, it's a total mm-hmm. body transformation. And the other thing that you said was that about the process. And you said you didn't love the process. And I think that's the problem here, Brandon, is that people talk about you, you know, that for some reason that they have to like it, that they mm. have to love it. That's why it's embrace the process. Embrace it means it's going (laughs) to suck. You're going to hate it, but embrace it, you know, enjoy it, not enjoy me. Sometimes you're not going to enjoy, but it's the journey of life. If you think about life, not every aspect of your life, are you loving it? Some of it sucks. And, but the parts that, as you said, the hard parts that suck, the benefit of it and what you've learned. I mean, you could probably talk for hours on how what you are, who you are because of that process. Mm-hmm. So let's take a step back further very quickly, because you said a lot of the things of, you know, how you transformed your mind and the the, the physical part of it. But before he came into your life, did you really, did you really feel like something was wrong? Did you feel like, oh God, I, I need... Did you say to yourself, I got to fix my life, but I just don't know how to fix it? Or did you, were you in la la land where you were just like, everything's amazing.
1: (laughs) I was, I, I, I needed to change my life. It was to the point where I was severely depressed. Looking back, I didn't know it at the time, but I was depressed for a good year and a half, two years because I was earning really great money. Like I was 18 years old, almost earning six figures. By the time I was 19, I was earning six figures. And I was buying the nice cars I bought, which was my first time I ever bought a car for myself. It was a BMW, right? I bought a nice car. I was able to move into a nice apartment with my fiance at the time, who's now my wife. She stuck through me through this whole journey, this whole awkward (laughs) self-development journey. She's been with me, right? And we've grown together. I bought the nice car, the nice apartment. I bought all the guitars. That's like my secret guilty pleasure. It's beautiful, nice guitars. And I would be making all this money and I'd be buying things, make money, buy things. But I wasn't happy with my life and I was stuck. And I thought to myself, is this selling every day of my life? And that's it. Is this bringing me the happiness that I want? And the answer was no. Like I said, it was to the point where I was afraid to leave the apartment because I did not want people to see me. Right. I was very not confident about myself, a complete lack of confidence. And it was affecting every area of my life. I was earning great money, but people might hear that and say, oh, wow. So he must have saved a lot of money. No, I was spending everything that I was earning, I was spending more than I was earning. People see these people on the roads with, you know, $100,000 vehicles. It doesn't mean they're loaded. It means that some of them might be, but it means most of them—they've got a huge loan out on that vehicle, right? Most of them are overextended. Most of them are living above their means, and that was me for the longest time. So I was two hundred and sixty pounds, but I was also twenty thousand dollars in debt, right? So all of these things started to compound, and some people might hear, "Well, twenty grand—that's not that bad." It was bad. That's nineteen percent interest on twenty grand. I was paying like two hundred to three hundred dollars a month in interest on those credit cards. So Lisa, it wasn't just one thing that made me realize I had to change. It was all of these different things with momentum, negative momentum that kept building up and building up to the point where... Honestly, I didn't really have a choice. My wife never told me, Hey, I'm going to leave you if you don't get these things underway. But one thing after the other, she found out about the credit card debt. She was disappointed. I, looking in the mirror, wasn't happy about myself. She saw how I was acting. She saw how I was feeling. It was only a matter of time until those vibes rubbed off on her. And she'd be like, Why am I living with this deadbeat? Right? He's doing well for himself, but he's really not. He's not spiritually, he's not physically, he's not financially what was to say she wouldn't have left and went to somebody else. Right. So I knew to me, I had to do something different and I had to change.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, first of all, you're lucky that you came to that con- conclusion because yeah. there's still people living life, not in la, in la, la land, as I like to call it. Um, and not realizing that, you know, physical, emotional, mental, it's all connected. And um, you know, you coming to this conclusion that you were ready. I mean, you, first of all you recognize that you you didn't like some of the things that you saw and you felt, and and then you were ready. And it kind of like you said, y- you sent it out to the universe. And <laughs> here comes this person that kind, you know, came to help you. But it's interesting that even though this person came to help you, you almost kind of like resisted it a little bit, and yet you then started to take it on and now it's transformed your life. So with all of those things that happened to you in your life and all these experiences and you probably could talk about so many things. How does that influence what you do now? Like how do mm-hmm. you you're talking about empowering other people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's you something you and I both have in common. So how do you use your tools that are in your toolbox and how do you teach others to, to use those tools or even make those, uh re, you know, recognize their, their, uh, their situation and want to make changes.
1: Yeah. Thanks for asking. And that, that at 21, that was the point that everything changed. I started working out with him. I started going every single week. I didn't miss one workout with him. I didn't never texted him at seven and said, I don't want to be there because we worked out at seven. Right. I used to wake up at seven, but we were at the gym at that point. Right. So Six months later, I went from 260 pounds to 190 pounds. And then over the course of the next few months, I went down to 185. By the way, I haven't weighed myself in probably over a couple of years. So it's not even the number on the scale. Now it's more so how I feel right? And how I fit into my clothes, number one, how I look, but more so how I feel because feeling is the most important thing to me right now. How do I feel in the morning? How do I feel throughout the day? How long does my energy last me so I can truly perform and give to others and really serve in the way I want to? But over six months, everything changed. Halfway through that journey, I shaved my head, right? Sounds like a very minuscule thing, but for anyone out there who's balding and they're thinking to themselves, like, I wonder if it'll come back it's not going to come back. All right. It's not going to come back. You have no idea how many people I meet where they're like, I'm just still going to rock what I got. It's like, no, take it off. Right. Take it off. So I shaved it and I'll tell you why it's so important. It's so important because my identity shifted Mm. the day that I started about three months into this journey. I shaved my head, my identity changed completely. And then I grew a beard. Right. So now I'm bearded with a shaved head. After six months, I was a different person. Physically, I was a different person. Emotionally, I moved up into a leadership position in the company that I was talking about. So I got what I wanted finally. But then again, remember what I mentioned earlier? I asked what's next, right? And I started to perform very well as a leader. I started to eliminate all of my personal debts. I started to be happier. My wife started to make drastic changes in her life because I believe we are the people we spend time around, right? She's seeing me go to the gym. She starts taking a focus on her own health, her own fitness. You look at pictures of us both back in those days, very different people as to who we are now. And that's when I discovered what my true purpose was. And it sounds so ethereal and even honestly kind of cheesy when you say, I found my purpose, right? Because a lot of people are like, well, what is purpose? It's a very convoluted term. For me, I found my purpose when I started to train salespeople and I started to give group presentations. And after my first time in front of a group of people, which I sucked, by the way, because it was my first time public speaking, I freaking loved it. I loved it. I was so nervous beforehand. It was a feeling I never had before, like these jitters, but also like this angst, this anxiety, like a good anxiety. And I prepared and prepared and prepared. And I gave a training on time management and goal setting. And that was the day I discovered my purpose and my life continued to change. It changed again, right? And when I discovered that I loved to train salespeople and they weren't asking me about sales, they were asking me, Brandon, how did you lose 60 pounds? Brandon, how did you eliminate all that debt? Right. I started to help them do that in their life. And my bosses at the time were like, you know, Brandon, we should really focus on sales. (laughs) But but I do like the direction you're going here. And I said, just trust me. I said, Mm -hmm. trust me if I help them with their fitness and if I help them with their financial situation and help them create goals, that will translate to their sales. Mm -hmm. And oh God, it did. All right. I took a new hire team, not single-handedly. I had to help with my partner, but we took a new hire team who was earning $3,300 a month. And in the course of a year, we brought their average up to $5,000 every single month by helping them make life changes. Mm -hmm. So I asked myself, how can I do this on a bigger scale? And it was, it was inevitable that I'd have to go outside the company to do that. And I started my business in 2019, Be Better Industries, where we help people mostly in the corporate world to really live a functionally fit lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That doesn't just mean with fitness. It also means you got to have a plan. You have to know what you want. You have to have goals, right? It's so talked about all the time. What are your goals? What are your smart goals? What do you want your life to look like? But it's so important to truly sit down and really design out the way you want your life to look like. What do you want an ideal life to look like for you? But then you have to fuel that lifestyle and you fuel it through your physical body and you fuel it with your mind and you fuel it with the thoughts that you have. And that's what I define as self-mastery is having a plan, taking care of your body And not letting any one of the areas of life, like your finances or your relationships or your spirituality to weigh you down, right? And I don't believe there's such a thing as balance. I don't believe that you can earn oodles and oodles of money, have an incredibly fit body like to the core, have the most beautiful relationships. Like I I do believe there's sacrifice. And I do believe you have to choose, at least at any given time, what you want to focus on the most. Right, and for me that was fitness, but that has changed over the years. But I hope that answers your question about
0: that. Does how that
1: helps me now? No,
0: that does. And I so here's the thing: as you were talking, because I was, you know, you're talking about, and it makes sense because you want them to. It. And we just said it's all connected. Um, but here's what I would like for you to tell the men or women that are listening, more than men. Um, (laughs) because I find that sometimes when we're looking to make these changes in our lives, people are afraid to go deep into the emotional aspect. And so they put it all into the physical, like, Hmm. I'm going to run the marathons, I'm going to run our lift. And, and then the, the emotional part is still in the corner. You know what I mean? Like they may have these because with you, you had a total mind, body, spiritual, emotional transformation. This is not you just saying I lost this weight and now I'm happy. No, you you it was a total who you are, your being transformation. So what I often see and that's on social media, even in my circle, especially with people who are going through tough times, they take the work that is required to do the emotional and spiritual stuff, and they put it more onto the physical stuff. And yet it's almost as if they're just keep, they're just running and running and running ragged because that side, the emotional, spiritual part, mental part, they don't want to tap into. What do you think is needed to make that transfer to, to say, okay, I'm physically fit. I'm running miles. Holy crap. I just did my first marathon. I, I, you know, this is amazing, but yet I hate my life and I hate my marriage and I hate being who I am. What do you think? I know this is such a loaded question, but what do you think is needed for these people to make that transfer and acknowledge that you also got to work on that other side?
1: That's an incredible question, by the way. And I mean, the word emotion is literally energy in motion, right? And we are beings of energy. Okay. I never understood these things years ago, but we are literally comprised of energy. If you put each of us under a nano or an electron microscope, we're moving at a rapid rate. All of our cells are moving at a rapid rate. The table in front of me is moving at a rapid rate. Everything is moving. Everything is energy. Everything is vibration. And emotions are vibration, right? Emotions are literally what determine your destiny. And when I say that, I don't really meet a lot of people who do put a focus on their health and they become and and they work on their fitness who are still depressed. It's very rare to me because depression is an emotional state, right? And in order to access specific emotional states, You have to use your body in a very specific way. Like, I mean, think right now of a person who's depressed, right? What are they doing with their body? What are they doing with their breathing? Shoulders down, their head's down, their voice is low, their breathing is shallow. But if you think of someone who's confident, right? Their voice is more boisterous. It's louder. It's got a brighter tonality. They're moving their body more. Their shoulders are back. Their head is up. Chin is up. Your emotions determine what actions you're going to take. Right. So if you wake up and you're feeling lousy, if you're feeling down and you continue to go throughout your day like that, it's going to impact every decision that you make throughout your day. So being in touch with your emotions and ditching the toxic masculinity idea of I'm not going to embrace my emotions, I'm going to hide them off, I'm not going to show my bros. Right. I feel like this is a lot more, you know, guys in their 20s, mainly their early 20s, because it's not their fault. It's not there. And you might know different, but I'm in my 20s. So those are really the people I associate with mostly. But, you know, and even those people who are older who still embrace that toxic masculinity of, oh, what are emotions, right? I'm a man, like masculine energy. We're not taught anything different, right? Society teaches us to be like that. Look at Popeye the sailor. Right. He's eating his spinach. He's got the deep voice, the deep raspy voice. He's got the muscles. All the people we look up to, all these men that we look up to, they're usually masculine men. I think of people like The Rock, who, by the way, is very in touch with his emotions. Mm -hmm. But like, we're not taught in school about emotions. We're not taught by our parents because our parents were the same way. Like, my dad is a man's man. And I am not a man's man. All right. Like he's like going and building houses and he's got the calloused hands. And then people shake my hand and they're like, oh, Brandon, your hands are so soft. They're so nice. And I'm like, thank you, I guess. Right. So we're not taught about emotions. And I think that's a problem. And that's part of my mission is to bring the pieces of the education system to people that they weren't taught in traditional education. And this is the one thing I, you're all about the how to, which I am too. The practical side of this is one word, awareness, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: awareness of how you feel. And what I recommend to everybody, one of the first things I do with my clients that I work with is number one, we create strong goals and we create a vision, right? And we have a very specific process of going through that. The second thing we do is one of their first challenges. And the first challenge in my book, the first chapter is emotional mastery. The first challenge is I want you to set an alarm on your phone that goes off once every hour or two hours. It doesn't have to go off audibly, it just goes off. So when you look at your phone, which we all do, you're going to see it. And all it asks is, How are you feeling right now? And it makes you think to yourself, Well, how am I feeling? And an emotion will come out of that, a word, right? Well, I'm feeling okay, I'm feeling kind of tired, or I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling confident right now. I'm feeling nervous right now. I'm feeling anxious, whatever it might be. The more aware you are of how you're feeling throughout your day is so powerful because once you're aware of how you're feeling, you now have the power to choose how to feel instead. So as an example, back in the day, I would constantly feel anxious. I would constantly be depressed. And I didn't know it at the time because I wasn't asking myself how I felt, but I've trained myself just like an athlete would train themselves to now consciously ask myself, how am I feeling right now? And I've become so aware of my emotions to the point where when I'm not feeling great, I don't just try to change that emotion. I think all emotions serve a purpose. All of them are good. I simply ask myself, well, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling kind of nervous for this presentation? Why am I feeling nervous about even going into the grocery store on this day? And it makes me realize I'm either thinking about something that's causing me to be nervous, thinking usually about the past or how something is going to go wrong in the future is usually what depression and anxiety come from, at least for me, or my body is doing something that's not facilitating a great emotion. I'm sitting down shoulders slumped. I've been sitting for an hour. I've again, been thinking about what I don't want. I'm not moving my body at all. Emotion comes from two things. Okay. What you think about your focus and what you're doing with your body. There's only two things that comes from. So the more aware you can be, the more power you have to feel the way that you want to feel.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And you said two things. And going back to the question of, you know, how do we get people, you know, letting people know what the what is needed to make that change, because the focus is on the physical. And I hear what you're saying where it is energy. And you said, you know, you don't know anyone who would get physically, you know, get physically fit and not, you know, be working on that emotional aspect, but it it does happen. And the reason being is you said it, the awareness, they're probably getting it. You know, you're, you're, you're working out, you're getting the awareness and you're like, shit, I'm Mm. not happy, (laughs) you know? But the second part is you are open and you're choosing to change. You're open, first of all, you're open to it. So for you, although you were, you got the taste of the, how that feels and then you felt empowered to want to make that change and then you were open and, and ready to make that change, you know, yeah. to change your life, the emotional, work on everything, all the aspects of it. So, you know, this is really a big deal for me because I try to teach people that yes, you're, you could be a strong, you could be strong. You could be fast. You could be the big, you know, best athlete in your class or whatever, but are you happy and are you working on, uh, on those other elements? And I I think for you and for everybody else in this man, your mentor who got it right. And by the way, these trainers, this what he did for you is very rare because mm-hmm. that the industry doesn't look at it that way. The industry looks at it as an end goal. You're going to lose weight and this is how it's and oh and you're going to feel good. But there's so many different aspects to it and so your mentor did something for you that is probably the best gift yeah. and there's not many who are like that. And I and it's hard because we want to have people realize that even through the physical transformation you can you can also have an emotional transformation, and guess what? You can actually be exactly where you want to be in your relationship, in your job, in your life. It encompasses all of those things. And as for you, Brandon, I think you just shown telling your story that it is possible, and you did give the how-to, and, and I, I appreciate that because I think we talk about we talk about it, and and we we're, we're so you know general about it. But, you know, like you said, it was these little things that you you were open, you went all in, you know, you were yeah. like, I'm going to just go through this. Um, so I want to thank you so much for sharing uh, your story and being vulnerable. And and hopefully, you know, uh, the people who are listening will, you know, look at their lives and see that they truly do have the power to make changes in their lives. But before we go, you said so many things about a book and I know you have a podcast. So tell us where we can find you.
1: Yeah, sure. So you can find me on all major podcasting platforms. It's the show is called the Be Better Broadcast, which is a live show. But we also host interviews with people like you where our episode together will be airing either tomorrow or the next day. So you can find us on all podcast platforms or you can find me on youtube as well where we post a video version of those as well as some other trainings that will help you to live a better life and the last place is my book be extraordinary your guide to self mastery is the name and i wrote this book because a lot of people kept asking me brandon well how did you lose the weight how did you eliminate the debts how did you do all these things and it's not that i got sick of answering the same questions it's more so i wanted to give people a little strategy guide for how they could actually implement the how to themselves. So it's a short book. It's 100 pages because I wasn't a reader. I know a lot of other people who were starting their journey aren't readers too. So I made it very digestible. It's split up into five key areas of life, your emotions, your physical body, your finances, your relationships, and spirituality. And at the end of each short chapter, there's a challenge. It's a 7-day challenge and I'm a big believer of if you want to make real change, you have to do things every day. Even if it's only you improving 1% in a specific area every single day, it's about doing one or two small things that move the needle in the direction you want to go. So at the end of each chapter there's a 7-day challenge that will literally help and guide you through making the changes that you want to make in whatever area of life that is for you. And you can find Be Extraordinary on Amazon. If you want
0: awesome, to awesome. Okay, great. Brandon, thank you so much and again, you know, thank you for sharing your story and I hope it ignites just even the interest that you can make a change in your life. So with that, thank you again, Brandon, and thank you everyone for listening.